Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, and welcome to the Runny Drink Podcast. I'm your host, Amy. I'm your co-host, Dana. And we are the audio podcast for runners who like to plan their vacations around their running. Some might call that a runcation. Yes, a runcation where you can accomplish, explore, and indulge in new places. I kind of like that. Uh, you give you the... Races give you an excuse to travel, and then once you're finished with the race, you get to explore the town you're in and find really cool spots, and that's what we're all about. Letting you know where to go. And that's hard. If you're traveling, you've never been to a town before, and it's nice to have a little bit of a guide. Yeah. So, so we guide you and show you where you can have an awesome time. Well... This is our first audio version of the podcast. We've been recording video versions for about the last 18 months. Yes, 18 months. We show you, we've shown you video from the course of a race, and we've shown you pictures and video from local restaurants, bars, breweries, where we've done our own runcations. And it's been really neat and We've had a great reception, but we've learned from talking to people that so many have been listening to the audio and not even aware that there was video as they're downloading the, the podcast and they're taking us on their commute or on their run. They're not looking at the video itself. Like, oh, we listened to you. We listened to your podcast. Oh, well, there's video too. We would talk about there's video too. And they would be like, Really? You can have a video podcast? I, I had no idea that it was so unknown that you yeah. could do video podcasts. It's very niche. I, apparently. <laughs> so um, we figured since most people are listening, um, we'll do the show more as an audio format. Yeah. Gives us a chance to do deeper dives into the content. And then we'll still have video and photos for, on our social channels. Yeah. So you can still see what we do. And see what it would be like if you came to a race or to a town to explore local food and beverage. But I think um, this is going to be really cool because so many of you are out there on a run or are taking us with you, you know, portably. The content's going to be more geared towards that. So we're not saying, hey, look at this. And you're not looking at the video, so you're not able to see what we're, we're talking about. So this will be, a, I think, a, a good change for most people that have been listening to us. Oh, I hope so. So we've been, we've been running for 10 years. Yeah. About 10 years. And we are very loyal to our Run, Walk, Run program that we discovered Jeff Galloway early on in the running. Yeah. And... He's been instrumental in getting us off the couch to our first 5K <laughs> and then on to half marathons. So. And crossing the finish line feeling good and ready to eat and drink. Yeah, that way you're not hurting so much. You just go back to your hotel room and curl up. Yeah, like we, we had that experience early on. 
Yeah, when when we weren't listening to his advice. Yes. So we discovered him, and we he is our coach. He sends us plans, and then it is our job to execute those plans so that we are successful and can truly enjoy the runcations. So. And it's been, it's been really nice because, like I said, you feel good afterwards. You're mm-hmm. still able to walk. You're still able to go out and, and have a nice meal or get a beer at a local brewery or whatever the case may be, and, and you feel up to it. You do. Great. You do. So his training leading us up to our next race, the run the bluegrass in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, that's coming up at the end of March. At the end of March on March 30th. It's the half marathon there, but they have a seven miler and a yearling. So they have a variety of races there, but we're training for that throughout the month of March and our St. Patrick's Day run. 15 miles which by the way happy st patrick's day happy st patrick's day (laughs) and as we are recording this we've just finished our 15 miler we Mm. are sitting here at um a a little shout out to big storm brewing for letting us come in and record yes thank you so much for the excellent beer and the space the awesome space to do our our podcast so um we we did our training run this morning and well, let's be serious. It wasn't early morning. It was still before noon. That's all that mattered. But it was like 1030. <laughs> well, it was 1030. It, we had initially planned on getting up very early to knock the run out before the sun and the heat. However, that didn't happen. No, it didn't. That happen. did not happen. It didn't. It didn't happen. The celebration of St. Patrick's Day began the night before. We pre-gamed. Uh, it's we, true. So uh, mistakes were made, <laughs> and what was supposed to be a 5 a.m. run turned into about a 10.30 a.m. run. Yeah, we overslept. We needed to recover a little bit. But once we got up and got moving, mm. it went pretty well. We just stayed in our neighborhood. Yeah, this was really just a matter of getting the mileage in this week. And that's what Jeff says about... The longer training runs. The key to success is the long training run and getting it done. That's what he says. And he says it doesn't matter how slow you go because the goal is to build endurance. Yeah, now I did intervals anyway sure. because I just wanted to get a feel for the interval that I'm running. And I'm running at a, uh, a one to five ratio. So I was doing 10 seconds of running, 50 seconds of walking. And I just walked the whole thing. And... Uh, I mean, it was a pretty nice day all in all. We had uh, a little bit of overcast at first, and then the sun came out, unfortunately. Well, I have a little bit of, I mean, I put sunscreen on, but I think I sweat a lot of it off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got we got into a little bit midday heat. Oh, yeah. Not, not so much humidity yet, because it's still March, and it's not as high as, say, the summer months where it's brutal. It, it gets pretty bad here in Florida. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, poor you, if, especially if you're from some of the northern states. But let me tell you, running in the summertime here in Florida is no joke. Uh, you have to be Tough. really cognizant of staying hydrated, making sure that you've got electrolytes. Uh, it takes a lot out of you. And in those months, we end up scheduling a lot of our training runs super early. 4 a.m., 5 a.m. sometimes. Yeah. Or um, late at night. I mean, yeah. it just, it depends 
on when we might have the least amount of humidity. And I know you have the opposite problem maybe where you are, that you're just praying for some sunshine on you're praying for a little bit of color and not so much black ice around you right now as I, you start the thaw. I can't spring. even imagine if I was running and hit ice. I that's just wrong. I'd probably wipe out. <laughs> I know I would. I'd probably just wipe out. So there are different challenges I think wherever you are. Yeah, I think that's true. So but the um so we got the 15 in um the and some people are like, well, you're only running a half marathon. Oh, Why yeah. are you running longer than the distance? And I have to hearken back and say, it's Jeff. It's Jeff's whole philosophy, if you will. And he has books. And he, if you go and you hear him talk at some run Disney events or you just, you know, wherever he is, he'll, he is adamant that you go beyond the distance you're training for. And that's to push the wall out. And mm-hmm. all of the, and when we say philosophy, this is his philosophy based off of years of research and thousands of people he's coached. Mm-hmm. But, Feedback from them. But he's... Uh, and he, us. <laughs> yeah. And, but he's done all the research and he says basically that your wall that you're going to hit at the race is really the distance of your longest run. Yeah. And he's not wrong, based on our anecdotal evidence anyway. We've had a lot of luck. If we do training runs past the distance, you feel good throughout the whole run. Yeah. And most training plans are different. but And, you know, everybody's different. You have to find the training plan that works for you. Mm -hmm. But most training plans will take you up to just short of the distance. Right. You know, like uh, we've seen marathon training plans that stop at mile 20. I don't know, half marathons, it'll put you at like 10, 11, uh, 10, 11, something like that. But I feel like we've had the most success when we have gone beyond the distance so that when you hit the starting line at the race, you're like, okay, I've done this. Yeah. You, you've gone there both mentally and physically for that distance. You know, you can do it at that point. And you still have, you know, the butterflies and the race day excitement and all of, all of those things that come with experiencing a race and all that it has to offer and accomplishing truly legitimately accomplishing the goal just because you run past the distance doesn't mean that that's any less of a thrill right right and just in fact you're you're taking out the jitters of being afraid of being able to do it and it's more excitement about what am i going to see what am i going to experience on the course exactly so you can focus on that because you know you've done the work. So we did the 15 miles, and I am going to be sore tomorrow. I know that's coming. Well, I mean, I'm sore today, and I have, like, the swelling of my feet and the swelling <laughs> of my hand. Sure. So, <laughs> so, and I know we'll be sore t- the first day after a run. You typically are sore, and then the second day is the worst sec day two is always the worst yeah but for for me anyway but that part's done so yeah man and it feels so good to have it done it does and we got uh so we got done with that and so that's our our run portion of today and then we we decided that since it's saint patrick's day we were going to go celebrate at uh at one of our local eateries and uh Mm -hmm. before we even get to that though 
let, let, again, we mentioned that mistakes were made prior to going out to run today, and those mistakes were made last night. But was it a mistake? Well, I don't know if you can call delicious pizza a mistake. It's not. So while there may have been some, some mistakes made with the drinks that were had last night ahead of our 15-miler today, one thing that wasn't a mistake was going over to uh, our local pizzeria and one of our favorite establishments, someplace we featured here on the show before. Oh, yes. Uh, nice Guys Pizza. Oh. And because here locally our, our celebration of St. Patrick's Day really is an all-weekend event, they started the weekend off with a specialty pizza. Yes, and it used to be on the regular menu. It's so disappointing you took it off. But, you know, I understand. They're always changing, and the, the owners, Greg and Jovana, they always go on trips and come back with new ideas, and they always tweak the menu. But they listen, and they know how much we love the Reuben pizza. So what other occasion to bring it back, the Reuben pizza, than St. Patrick's Day. I mean, it's, weekend. it's really all things uh, corned beef this week. Oh, and they know how to do a crust right. Oh, they they have the best pizza crust in Cape Coral I, that uh, I've ever had. Yeah, I don't, I, it is so good. And we had tender corned beef, sauerkraut, Swiss and mozzarella cheeses, and caraway seeds on that perfect crust. And what they do is when that the caraway seeds are added before the pizza is baked, so when they're coming out of the oven, they're nice and toasted. They're a little crunchy. Just it gives you that perfect hit of rye. Oh, the toasted caraway seeds are just great. They really and I are. Can't, I'm, I'm drooling a little bit. So a little bit. now this was this again, this was last night. This was our way of uh, carving up for we, the run today. We yes. should not have paired it ahead of the run with, uh, with beer. So again, there's a reason that we are the run, eat, drink podcast, not the drink, uh, drink run, eat podcast. So uh, we don't recommend that you pregame your long run with beer. No, or whiskey or Anything like that. Or anything like that. Yes. And I know that Jeff might say that we wouldn't necessarily need to carbo load for the distance that we were going, but it was so good. It really was. So if you're ever down here in Southwest Florida and you can make it over to Cape Coral, um, Nice Guys Pizza is absolutely a place to stop. And if they have the Reuben pizza on special. Just get it. Just get it. Do yourself a favor. Well, first message us on social media and then get it and we'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, <laughs> I don't need much of an excuse to show up to nice guys pizza nope. any day of the week. No excuses needed but any day of the week, except for Mondays they're closed. Right. So our actual post run food that we had this week was from another local favorite of ours and also another place that we've featured on the show. We have never mind awesome bar and eatery. And, since it is one of only a couple of Irish-themed places, places gastropub, whatever you might yeah. want to call it, Shannon Yates, the restaurateur and owner, that guy knows how to throw a party. Oh, my gosh. He, he can plan and execute a great party atmosphere. I mean, all weekend he had local bands and then DJs mm -hmm. outside of the restaurant, and he had a tent set up and... 
just just great entertainment, mm-hmm. a great party atmosphere, and smoked goodness. Yeah, he had the smokers mm-hmm. going under the mm-hmm. tent, and you could walk up and order you know one of a couple of different items that yes. they, they were doing special for this weekend because it's all about St. Patrick's Day and smoked corned beef. And normally when you, what, a corned beef and cabbage is traditional, That's right? traditional. But I, they had shaved Brussels sprouts and kale, which is normally a, like a vegetable they have on their menu as a side mm-hmm. for a burger or steak or whatever. But they had Brussels sprouts and kale cooked on the flat top with onions and garlic. And so the corned beef came with that on a delicious sea of whole grain mustard sauce. Yeah, it was like a <laughs> it was like that coarse ground whole grain mustard. Oh, but so it was good. put into this creamier sauce and it yeah. it wasn't super sharp, but it gave you enough of the sharpness of the mustard that Just you would want. A little want. bite. A Just little a, bite. Oh. Killer. Yeah. It, oh. And it was so I mean, it was like a a big wooden cutting board type plate mm-hmm. and then the sea of the sauce and then the, the building of the corned beef with the fatty and beefy goodness yeah that um the smokiness and the mm. saltiness from the beef and you just don't you know it's normally like cabbage cabbage right but the brussels sprouts were shaved and the kale it's it's not bitter. It was just, it was softened up on that flat top and just delicious. Yeah, and he really um, gets a good char on those veggies, veggies as well. So mm-hmm. he kind of caramelizes the, the, the Brussels sprouts and the kale. So, I mean, if you're, if you're hearing going, oh, kale, it's such a trendy green. Trust me, it's just slight, slight bitterness, a little bit of the char and sweetness from it. It works so well. And just different textures along with the beef to create the perfect bite. Now, he does uh, corned beef normally on his menu, but he does it as a sandwich. He does uh, what he calls his corned beef monster. Mm. And it's like this gigantic corned beef panini. Mm. And it's incredible. So um, you can always get the corned beef monster and a side of those vegetables. This was just kind of taken off of the bread and, yeah. and put onto uh, more of a of a uh, corned beef and cabbage type meal as opposed to a sandwich. Just deconstructed. Exactly. You know. And while we were eating, I will tell you that I had the opportunity to fangirl a bit. Because it was a hopping party. A lot of people. Oh, it was elbow to elbow. In there. I mean, you couldn't hardly move. And I think we were cornered in on the bar with other people like right up next to us. Mm-hmm. We happened to spot at the other end of the bar. Morgan Wright. Morgan the Moose Wright. Of American Ninja Warrior fame. And I am obsessed I don't know if I've ever talked about this, even when we did the videos on the podcast or if you follow my social media during that season, you'll see that. But I love it. I love the stories behind it. I love to watch people accomplish things that I just look at and say, yeah, nobody can do that. 
And this guy is a local elementary school PE teacher, golden apple teacher, uh, amazing all around nice guy, a veteran. And I, and he's, he's showing that no matter how old you are, you can get it done. And he does. You can get it done. I mean, he is amazing on that show. I can't wait. I was so excited to see on his social media that he got the call back for season 11. So when we were in the restaurant waiting for our uh, meal to arrive and eating the first part of our meal, we we saw him and you said, go say hi. Yeah, go say hi. We've talked to him before. So We've talked to him before. We've gotten pictures with him. But I just... Yeah, he's he's going to be going to Atlanta soon for his episode on American Ninja Warrior season 11. And that'll be airing sometime in the next uh May, June, July. Yeah, next uh, as the season starts back up, it'll be airing. Yeah. So they had just gotten their food, he and his lovely wife. I said I I don't really, you know, I don't want to bother you while you're eating. I think I came up and started talking while he was taking the first bite of his sandwich, <laughs> which is the, the, it looked like he had the, the pulled pork grilled cheese or the, the pork butt grilled cheese or whatever mm-hmm. that is, whatever that is. He had just taken his first bite and I said, you know, I don't want to interrupt your dinner, but I just wanted to say good luck when you go to film for American Ninja Warrior. And then he talked to you for about 10 minutes. And he, he did, he did. And I said to his wife, I'm sorry to interrupt. And she said, don't worry about it. He loves it. He needs it. It's, yeah. He's a great guy. He's. Well, I, hopefully we can get him on the podcast sometime. Oh, so. he said once he would come on the podcast. So we'll have to make that happen. And, th- and, and, you know, like if he could show us like an American Ninja workout, maybe that would help with cross training. Couldn't hurt. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, it'll so, hurt. It will hurt. <laughs> but it w- wouldn't hurt in terms of the results. Right. So. That was kind of a nice little bonus when we were eating before we came over to Big Storm to film yeah. and uh, record. And as far as our, our the drink portion of uh, today's show goes, um, while we were there at Nevermind, we got to have something that's pretty unique uh, to Nevermind itself. And that is the Shamrock Shannon Stout. Oh, Yes. The Stout, which is apparently a collaboration with Big Top Brewing. And we've featured Big Top Brewing before. They're out of Sarasota. Yeah, about 90 minutes up the road from us. Yeah, we were, when we did the Four Mile Ringling Bridge Run, we featured them. They are, uh, it's great. It's a great themed little brewery in Sarasota. And... They do this Shamrock Shannon Stout, especially for Nevermind, especially for Shannon. And they age it in Tullamore Dew barrels. If you like, like say, a, a, a traditional Guinness Stout where you've got a really great flavor, but it's not thick and syrupy. It's, it, it's a lighter bodied, I think. Yeah, it's not really thick. It's not like a dessert. It is... 
little bit of coffee flavor, a little bit of dark chocolate flavor. And I don't think that the whiskey flavor is really overpowering, but you get a hint of that. Yeah. A lot of times with barrel aging, you get this overwhelming boozy, boozy flavor and the barrel, uh, if it's not done right, it really takes over. But I don't think that's the case here. No, no, it's not hoppy. It's not overly boozy. It's not sweet. Right. It's just a hint of it, really. And it's really smooth, almost bordering on when you have beer on nitro. Yes. Right? There's a very mild carbonation, so it's not on nitro, but it's Mm -mm. it's smooth enough where if if you weren't paying attention, you might think it was. Right. Delicious. Yeah. but So that's the beer that we had with the meal over there, but uh, as far as our podcasting juice goes. Oh, the podcasting juice that we're having now while we record comes from Big Storm, and... And shout out to them. We've had them actually several times on the show. It harkens back to our very first episode. Yes. Our very first episode where we ran the Tampa Beer Run, and the Tampa Beer Run is a 5K where you have beer stops, four different beer stops. Every three every three quarters, three quarters of, a mile, of a mile, you get a two-ounce pour. And the very first two-ounce pour we had was Wavemaker Amber Ale. Which is what we're having right now. Yes, and it's a lower ABV, 4.9, almost 5%, but it's not, it's not really so bitter no i mean they i think they say it's like 28 ibus so that's Mm. that's low on the bitterness scale and i get a malty finish on it oh yeah so but it's Mm. it is probably one of their their best of their flagship beers yeah you can get it all year round and all year round i'm probably really turned us on to the brewery itself yeah and we were so happy when they came and they took over cape coral Brewing. Well, yeah, not that we wanted them to come in and take no, over. I, but no, they they were they were closing, and then we were glad that something was coming in behind. Yeah, and what they did is they bought the brewery as well as the IP, the intellectual property of the brewery itself. So you are now able to get IP. I know, yeah. fancy. Uh, <laughs> you're now able to get the original Cape Coral Brewing recipes brewed yeah. here locally under the banner of Big Storm Brewing, and get those right alongside the really nice repertoire that Big Storm has. That's true. That's tr- so we we can still have the local favorites even though Cape Coral Brewing is no more. Mm-hmm. In Big Storm Brewing here their location here even though they're out of Tampa. Yeah. Tampa Bay. We we love that they're here and we love that they host local food trucks. Yeah, they have a nice food truck scene. Um, They'll sometimes have local DJs. They have local Mm -hmm. um, uh, trivia, trivia karaoke nights, things like that. And the tasting room here is a really neat space. So again, another great destination if you're coming to Southwest Florida. Mm -hmm. Come check out Big Storm Brewing in South Cape Coral. And it's hidden. It's it's like it's off Cape Coral Parkway. It's like a hidden gem. It's tucked away. If you Mm -hmm. don't know where it's at, you you might miss it. Mm -hmm. But don't. Because it's great. It is great. Yeah. Local so. food, great beer from Big Storm, and local Cape Coral brewing recipes, too. So I think that we've given the folks plenty of places to come and check out. Definitely. Well, guess what? We did it. We did the first episode. 
for the audio show is in the can. In the can. Done. <laughs> Cheers. So what I'm hoping that we will be better so that you can take us along with you. Like it's better to take us along with you and it's not long portions of video. Yeah, this is more portable. Music and yeah. So we we have audio that keeps you going on the run or on the commute or so that, you know, we're more Take us along wherever you are. And we'll still have plenty of video. I mean, we're not going to stop shooting. I mean, the fact of the matter is I take the camera right along with me. We'll still be able to show you what these race courses look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you subscribe to us, we'll have links in all of our show notes that'll take you to some of our social media posts and to uh, links to the the restaurants, the bars, the breweries. Um, You're not going to miss out on anything. It just really is making the podcast itself more um, consumable while you're on the go. Yeah, which is traditional of podcasts. A lot of a lot of people, like we said, didn't know there were such thing as video podcasts and audio podcasts. People love that. It's very on the go, consumable media. Yeah, and we're. I'm going to try to work it out where maybe some of the stills that we take will become dynamic artwork, um, so that you could actually look at the the episode art, and that'll change as we go as we. Um, create chapters in each episode, but I'm going to probably take a couple of episodes to work on the technical aspects of that. Yeah. That might be a little bit, but we'll work it out. But really what you should do is subscribe in iTunes or Apple podcasts or Google play. Yes. We are now on Google play music. Yes. So if that is your podcast player, then you can find us there and subscribe or Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or iPad or in iTunes on your Mac or PC. And to make it really easy, you can just go to our website at runeatdrink.net and at the very bottom, we've got buttons that you can click on that'll take you to either iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music so that you can subscribe. Yes, you can Subscribe and not miss a minute of where to accomplish, explore, and indulge. So next week, we still have one more week of training. We do. We got to work. I got to work on those short runs. We're working on those short runs, uh, getting the cadence drills, the acceleration gliders. And the hill work. And the hill work. So we'll give you a little bit more of uh, some stuff from the training run, as well as some additional local food and beverage next week. For sure. So for now, I'm... Dana. And I'm Amy. Thanks for tuning in to the Run Eat Drink podcast. Talk to you next week.